Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I've got Todd Young. Hi, Todd. I'm here, ready to roll. And most people will notice if they uh, listen to this show, I'm out of order. That is because Vance is still fishing. So we're going to do one without him this week. So with that being said, this podcast is brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products, fatazmusky.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, we've been a little more active on Facebook. I think Vance has put that stuff on Instagram. I don't know. I don't play around on that all too much. But we'll talk more about some of the latest uh, posts that we've been putting up. You know, there's. it's tough to, to come out with like a one-minute video to try to explain some of the stuff that, that we're doing here. So uh, we'll take a little time here later in this show to talk about that. But the baits... Uh, we're picking away at, at inventory here, but you could probably find what's uh, left at Team Rhino Outdoors or Musky Tackle online. Uh, Hogan's Hut, Todd, is Hogan's Hut have anything left? Yes, Hogan's Hut has has a good many lures left. Plus, we got a uh, shipment into uh, Padonal Sports Supply down by me. Did you receive that check, Andy? I did. Huge money. Yes, well. <laughs> yeah yeah o'donnell's excited <clears throat> he took everything we had so o'donnell's uh, is down by what town because people don't know where you're at yeah portersville butler pennsylvania around moran state park and i know people stop there and pick them up you know he's he had some there a couple weeks ago or well before the covid thing and and uh sort of put an order together and when i went back in uh he was he hardly had anything left so the whole store has nothing left all the bait, I mean, you know, there, 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 there's some funny things going on here. Like, you know, when this all happened, you know, I, I know it was hard not to think doom and gloom, you know, people, oh, geez, people are out of work, this and that. The bait, all the bait shops I've talked to, all the guys I know that own bait shops, they are like business booming. O'Donnell says, I think he said 46 years he's had that shop open. Uh and, you know, never has seen anything like this. And then he, he goes to replenish stuff. He places a $5,000 order, and they're only shipping him $1,500 for the stuff because the suppliers are all out. And I'm getting the same story from tons of bait shops, at least around here. Like, people went fishing. <laughs> the, the the boat launches were crazy. The, the lakes were absolutely crazy. I didn't get out much in that early season, but people were sending me pictures, and it was crazy. And that, that, that's so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely a silver lining to to just about yeah. anything that can happen here. But exactly, it 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 was you know it's 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 something interesting because I don't know if you know obviously the, there's the time factor. People there were a, a section of the population that had more free time than they normally would. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if this is stimulus check stuff that's that's kicking in, but I mean. Mm-hmm. For what we have in in stock here, and that's pretty much rod holders, it's been ramming and jamming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All and the you know the bait shops are saying the same thing. I've never seen O'Donnell's that low on just general inventory, you know. And he he mentioned like on Memorial Day, he 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 gets down there. I think he said it's six o'clock. He lives in the same building, and he went down at six o'clock. He said I've never seen anything like it. Boats parked on both sides of the road, lying all the way out to the door just to get bait. You know, They're, he's like, you know, we got to go one at a time, everybody. And he said, one at a time, we got bait. He, you know, see, he, you know, so 
that's good. It gave some people some time to get out and go fishing, you know, whether they got their unemployment or like you said, they're just, uh, we're off work for whether they got it or not. They were like, screw it. We're going fishing. And, uh, that's great. Great to hear. And, you know, I'm at least on the local level, I, I can't speak for anywhere else. And I don't think you can either. It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's really good for the mom and pops. Heck yeah. Yeah. At least the bait shops, obviously mm-hmm. the restaurants are hurting, but <laughs> it's right. nice to see the fishing industry, hunting industry. I know the gun shop by my house, it is a big gun dealer. I mean, I think they, I think they're the biggest Benelli dealer in the, in the country. I think they sell more through that gun shop than anywhere, but, uh, that place. I mean, you couldn't even find places to park. (laughs) Yeah. So that's cool. That is cool. So, um, last week we did a contest, Todd, I don't know if you even attempt to try to, uh, unscramble the, uh, the riddle Mm, that I threw out there. I did not. You gave a couple numbers, and I didn't write them down, and I didn't listen to the podcast, so I have no idea. Do you have something to write down now, and I could do this live on the air? Because I know you know the answer. Did I know the answer? I guarantee you know the answer. Do you have something to write with? I'll come back (laughs) to you. No, I got it right now. Okay. We didn't didn't script any of this. Okay, so write down the number 86. Write down the number 75. Mm -hmm. Write down the number 30. All right. Now, if you follow my instructions, you will tell me the last digit because that's what what I was asking for was uh, what is the next number in the sequence? So, Oh, that's easy. (laughs) (laughs) What's the next number? Oh, nine. (laughs) (laughs) That's my era. (laughs) So anyways, that was was the little thing. It was Jenny's number, uh, (laughs) 8675309. So yeah. the, the last digit was the number nine, something silly. Uh, ironically, the uh, name that Todd dropped last week was also the guy who got it right first on the first time. We did have a double guest that did get it, and uh, we're working we're working that. I didn't really spell out the <laughs> rules all too much, but regardless, we got we got the right answer. We'll figure it out. And yeah. uh, anyways, um. You got it a lot quicker than I thought, but I thought I was going to have to tell you some. No, as soon as I wrote it, as soon as I wrote it down, I was like eight six seven five three zero nine. I mean, <laughs> that's the way it goes, right? That's that the is the way it goes. So, <laughs> anyways, that was our little fun thing there. Um, rod holders setting up a lot of boats. I had a little bit of a, I don't want to say a scare because it really didn't scare me at all. But the uh, past couple weeks, when I said ramming and jamming. We went through so many down east. Very rarely do I get caught without actual down east salties in stock. And this was kind of a, a crazy thing is that I squeaked out. I did. Okay. As people were starting to talk to me and order, like whether it was through email, texting, or phone calls, uh, some of the orders... I talked to the to the customers prior to any orders. Some of the ones I just there's an order popped up on my phone. I was able to squeak out every order that was just surprised through email without any without me having to call or email them saying their shipment will be delayed. I tried to ship uh within the day. So I work a normal job. So if I get an order, let's just say right now, it's not going out till tomorrow. If I got it 
this morning. It's not going out till tomorrow because I need I need tonight to assemble and package and ship. So I I dodged one there. There were three customers that I did say they're going to have to that I talked to them. I said I'm right flirting low inventory on these, but I squeaked out. But the only reason that I had to even do that was when I called up Steve at Down East. Uh, I will. I, I normally email him the orders, and I order often with Steve. And normally he gets back to me with, you know, that day or the next day, and I placed an order for a whole bunch more salties. He didn't get back to me for a day. So I looked at stuff and the way things were going, and I don't wait till the last minute. I'm like, I got like 10 left. I better place an order. Well, the next day comes along, and more of those are leaving. So I'm like, send him another email. I'm like, hey, let's double that order. Didn't hear nothing from him. So I called him and he's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to get your stuff out till like early next week. And I'm like, geez, this is going to be rough. Luckily, we squeaked it out. I did get restocked with Down East and nothing really, no, no real hiccup there. But something interesting about those, I mean, I'm not going to jump, jump around on this topic too much. So um, a few weeks back, more than that, a while ago. Um, I brought up something to, I, I called him up, Steve at Down East, he's the owner and asked, you know, there are some people that over time or what have you, they'll start bending the claw on the Down East. Is that what you'd call that Todd? Yeah. The, the, yeah, the arm claw or whatever. Yeah. 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 So the part mm-hmm. that holds the rod and occasionally, you know, we'll go and buy some rebuild kits or, you know, whatever. And I asked him, I said, is there any way we can beef that up? You know, is there something we can do with the alloy, this and that? I have, you know, I don't want to say it's a common problem because it might be one in a hundred customers say something to me. Uh Uh And it's relatively cheap just to switch it out. I asked him if there was any, uh, any way that he could do anything with that, you know, changing the alloy, this and that. And we, we discussed, we had a good conversation about it. And he's like, let me, uh, let me see what I can do. I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine with me. So this last batch that I got in, like on a couple of days ago, I forget now, everything's running together. Um, they have the new updated clamshells. Like I said, most people are not going to have an issue. But the new- Now, is, is that going to be an option for people, or is, it, is that just what it's going to be? They're going to be a little bit bigger. From now on. A little bit heavier. From now on, all down east. Mm-hmm. From per our conversation that we had, however long ago it was, let's just say a month, are mm-hmm. going to be this way. All salties are now built this way, and it's really hard to explain this over, you know, just a audio medium. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. If, if you like look at where the reel would be sitting, like the crank handle, the little mm-hmm. claws on on like for like the last twenty years or so have a small radius to go from like that horizontal bottom portion up to the claw. Mm-hmm. Um, these now have more of a angled fillet kind of kind of thing, more of like a chamfer more than a radius, yeah. and there's just more beef there. Nothing changed on the outside diameter. Nothing changed on the inside diameter. There's just a little less room on that bottom flat where, like, the crank handle would sit front to back. It's probably not going to affect anyone's reels from fitting, mm-hmm. but there is just more material there. So he did... You know, one of those things, you know, people were telling me uh, this stuff and, you know, I brought it to his attention. He told me he's hearing some of the same things, but 
Man, yeah, musky fishing just, is a lot different now than it was 20 years ago. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it, it's for sure. Yeah, these things, you know, but you know, we'll, we'll talk a little more about that, Todd. But I want to say mm-hmm. there are that is how like some of this stuff progresses. And the, and the neat thing is, is he said he went back to like a previous spec on on a mold from way back in the day. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of neat. I'll make a Facebook post next week highlighting that stuff, but. You know, we're probably one of the first people to get that, and most people won't even notice. But we'll yeah. we'll make a Facebook post about it. But Todd, like the things that people are doing now, musky fishing compared to back in the day, kind of you know rewinding for thirty seconds. Like, yeah, I mean, just just, just the the rod. First of all, the length of the rods. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's that's putting a lot more pressure. You know, the the, the torque of the reels. Like we don't re- you know we don't stop and reel in. Uh, that's why I've said before, like I can see well, I saw Dale Wiley today up here on Chautauqua and I saw him, you know, at, at 500 yards, I, it, 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 if his boat were to stop, I can be whoever I'm with. I can say, Oh, well, Dale got one. Unless he's reeling in to quit for the day. You know, if I see his boat stop for a couple minutes and then he goes again, I know he just caught a fish. I mean, there's the occasional oddball snag that you get in uh, Chautauqua once a year, but you know that's because we're we're reeling. So while it's in there, and you're going four, four point five, five miles an hour, you know you're able to crank with those reels that we have. It's just adding so much more pressure. Plus, you're using a nine foot rod in the out. You know that's not the way people would have done it with those old reels and stuff. You know. Uh, yeah. So what you're saying is the, the when, size when you... of the baits, just the speed that people are trolling the equipment has changed so much so much bulkier we'll put it that way yeah when you mean you're not stopping to reel in if you if you got a if weed you hit a weed yeah weed or, or you want to change your bait you just keep you just keep going you back you check your rods you know yeah something that i i i never really paid much attention to until whatever handful of years ago when i was on your boat you're like i don't take my rod out of the holder to to, to reel in to check I leave mm-hmm. it right there, and you just grab onto the handle and just start cranking it. So, it's... yes, it, it stays in line there. That's why that's why it's so hard for me to to let other people help run the rods because that's what they want to do. They want to take it out reeled in. Well, when you take out the side rod and you reeled in over top of the down rod, you get hooked on the line. You know? Higher chance of fouling another. Yeah, line. You, if you keep it in the position it's in, as you, if your lure's tuned, you just reeled in while it's in its in position, and everything goes smoothly. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's it does wear on tear on your body if you don't have to hold yeah. that. And and like you said, you're not stopping. It's it don't matter if you have a plow on there or if you have like a mm-hmm. little five and a half inch Wiley. You just yeah, you just crank it in position. It's putting a lot of torque on those rod holders. Yeah, because you know? you're not stopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you you reel into clear lines a lot more than you're bringing in fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. But, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we're going to have the, the new updated down east. I'll make a Facebook post. I'm sure Vance will probably take it over to Instagram um, next week. But I have them here now. And, um, you know, keep keep a lookout for that. It's not earth shattering by any means. It's not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go and dump your down east right now for these. But just know that, you know, there is there. And should you uh, bend one of those little claws if everyone knows there what I'm talking about, you can relatively cheap buy a rebuild kit, which is you there's on the side of what I'm calling the cup. There's a little screw 
take the screw out, and then you'll see a when you pick up the clamshell, you'll see a pin that holds that from actually falling out on the deck or into the water. You line that up with that screw hole, jiggle it, let it fall out, and there your clamshell's out. You take the new one, you drop it in, you push the pin through it, and put the screw in it. It takes, what, 30 seconds? Yeah, if you can get the pin to start. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little bit to wiggle that thing, but yeah. Yeah, Quick. I let... So, and that, and, uh, you know, I know Down East sells those. Um, we, we, you know, we've sold them in the past. It's not that big of a deal. So if, if you're, if you're bending some or whatever, you know, it's, I think it's like 15 bucks, which to a bass for guy, just, that, that could just be. The, the, for just the clam. For clam just the. Part. Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah, we, we've, I've never seen or heard of anyone breaking what I call the cup that mm-hmm. goes between our uprights. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a nice little robust part. And and I think what some people are doing is when that happens, let's say on the down east, they're loosening the wing nut. They're taking that whole thing out and getting a whole new, you don't need the new clamshell. <laughs> no, the, the whole assembly, you just need the clamshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what a lot of people do. Like, oh, it broke. And they get the whole thing, so you got to buy the other. He, you know, the he does sell and we, you know. I've replaced it many times as you're saying, pulling that little screw out. You, you know, you can always remember that if you do break one. Yeah. Maybe, I, who knows, you know, I'll, I'll try to write a note here. Maybe I should do a Facebook post or something like that with a video of showing, Hey, this is how you do this. Or, you know, we can uh, just show you how I replace them. And honestly, I believe I've done it, you know, just grab the, grab the mechanism that, that, that you know, grab the both, both units that we sell and took them out, you know, years ago, just took the old one out, put the new one in, just threw the thing in the garbage, and then not real, not thinking about, oh, geez, I could, I, there's nothing wrong with the bottom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Base, it it saved you 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I'm still on, I still have the Down East, now I know, all jokes aside, that yeah. <laughs> I got probably 14 years ago, and back then I was trolling with my casting rods. So my my Shimano Curado D's, like the old D's, would mm-hmm. not fit in there. They would not close. So yeah. I remember taking them to the shop, putting them in one of our our mills, and I had to machine out the casting to allow that drop gear to uh, have clearance. Yeah. And I mean, so mine's actually a little more brittle than everyone else's, and mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still running them now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell your jokes, yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah. still one of those things. It's it's mm-hmm. the common man is not going to have that. Now there are a bunch of uncommon men out there and women who are going hard, long time. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Well, we'll come back. We got some more stuff to talk. We about got there. some more stuff so, like Muddy Creek. Yeah, Muddy Creek Fishing Guys, MC Fishing Guys. Dot com. Get a hold of us. Vance and I are up here now at Chautauqua Lake. Opener was last Saturday and uh, don't have much open in the next couple of weeks, but get a hold of us. We can do maybe slide you in for an evening trip if you want to do it. Those are usually really productive as the summer goes on here. And uh, I still got a lot of openings for, you know, September and October and into early November there. So if you're interested in coming up and you know when you're coming, give us a call. Everything is open. It, it, it really starting to look like normal, you know, uh, it's the, you, you don't even notice. I know uh, Vance did send me a picture of a kid riding a jet ski today out in the middle of the lake, and he had his mask on. Uh, that had to have been a joke. <laughs> I, know, I, I would sure would think. I mean, because I don't know, but the, I mean, uh, not not to break stride here. 
back when all of this was really starting to like gain traction and you'd see all those people at Walmart and they'd have like their their little things to to stay air quotes protected and yeah. like you'd see guys with like this one guy had like four pool noodles on his head that were like oh, yeah, six yeah. feet and that would be like <laughs> stay away from me this far yeah. I thought for sure now I don't go into the big stores that that often I thought for sure it was going to turn into this joke of I'm gonna outdo you oh, yeah. on yeah. like I would I would expect to see people in like beekeeper outfits. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. big yeah. like old old scuba diving helmets. Those mm-hmm. ones with like the riveted glass and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that had to have been a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I sure hope. But you know, I don't see any fishermen wearing any masks. Maybe their their sun uh, their sun protector pulled up over their face a little bit. But yeah, everything's sort of back to normal here. You know, the restaurants are doing takeout. You know, that's you know, that's so that's the one bummer for us. You know, we. Uh, we often, you know, you, there are numerous places we can pull into the dock, stop, get something to eat. We can still do it, but we got to eat in the boat, you know. But so, other than that, we're 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 ready to go. And as I said last time, we're not. I think that's the way a lot of the small businesses around here. It does I, we don't? I don't really care what the uh, governor's governor says at this point. We're open. We're not going to shut down again, and I don't think anybody else is. So yeah. we're going to go the season. <laughs> You know, a little little tidbit on that on the uh, restaurant stuff. The selfish part of me really mm. likes the not having to go in and sit down kind of portion, and and the reason being is like when when I would on the couple trips that my wife and I would would go up to Chautauqua and go fishing, for us to go eat lunch, I know that it's you go in, you sit down, you'll enjoy this and that. That blows like an hour hole in what might be a four hour trip north for me. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. you could call and say, I want my food and they're like, it'll be ready in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now you can mm-hmm. run up and get it. So you save that front 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're in the boat anyway, well, you might as well put some rods. Might on. Well just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But to me, yeah. it's, there's a selfish part and it's not that I'm, you know, antisocial or I don't want any mm-hmm. of that stuff. I guess I'm looking at the silver lining and let's go ahead and exploit it. Like, cool, mm-hmm. this is a neat little thing there. Yep, got to keep fishing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that, we want to give a big thanks to uh, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed last week's podcast. That was a little, that was fun uh, to hear how the rods were built and, you know, got to meet a little personality uh, behind some of this stuff. So uh, check them out online and any of the local retailers, which there's plenty of them. Then uh, Ranger Boats, big thanks there. Uh, you can find your Rangers at Vicks Marine and Sports Center. That is located in Kent, Ohio, which is, I'd call it like the uh, northeastern part of Ohio. I'd kind of call it that, maybe central, eastern. I don't know how you want to do it. Ohio's kind of an odd shape to try to put quadrants on, but... Anyways, find them there. They have great service. They'll set up your boats. They know what they're doing. I don't know if they sell a ski boat. Do you, I don't it, believe they do. I was going to say, I've you, never you, you, seen you can, it. I'm sure you can ski out of those Rangers. but uh, They're like uh, not Malibus or anything with big no, no, subwoofer no. bars up top. and All fishing. All, all fishing. fishing stuff. They, 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 they do have some pontoons they sell. Uh, they get all into all the motors. And I don't know. I think everybody's probably seen it. I don't know what. Evan Root is... 
unfolding, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I I didn't look super hard into this, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's something that went on, and I'm just catching hearsay tidbits now and then. But it sounds like BRP, the parent company, wants to repurpose the uh, the factory, and I don't know exactly <laughs> what that means. But I also heard heard say that they are not going to sell the technology, so. I'm not sure if that means Evanrood is now dead in the water. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe they're yeah. going to do something. Who knows? But they're done, done for now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the, the, the guys over at Vicks do, well, did sell and service Evanrood's, the Yamaha's, Mercs, you know, pretty much. Uh, they got the aluminum Rangers, the regular glass Rangers of all sizes, the big boys. Uh, they can order you in whatever you want. So great guys to deal with. They're fun guys. You know, they're, they're a little busy at times. You got to give them a chance, but, uh, but they're good guys. Yeah. So moving on from there, we have Muskie's Inc. Muskie's Inc. We'll hit that up real quick. Muskie's Inc. I think some of these chapters, I know our chapter, as we said before, they had a tournament. We talked to Vance about it. I think there's a couple going to get going up here. I see some chapters are, you know, have canceled some things for this early season, but uh, I think they're all ready to go. And that's a big part of being a, a, a club member. You know, that was a fun part for me for many years was getting, you know, putting that, that club tournament on the schedule, you know, back when you're working a full-time job and you can't get away all that much. I always, you know, took that Friday off, planned that ahead of time and come up three fish a day, do the tournament. It gave me an excuse, you know, those three or four tournaments. I knew I was at least getting out those four or five weekends of the year, you know, and uh, <clears throat> so much neat stuff with the muskies. Inc. what they're doing with the local fisheries. We've been talking a lot about what is happening in Pennsylvania, and it's uh, it's actually extraordinary what, uh, you know, the numbers that I've been hearing and the way guys are catching fish that uh, they just made some subtle changes, you know keeping those fish a little longer we've jared on many times and uh, you know our club does what we can to raise money for the minnows and then he's told us that it helps immensely uh so there's lots of stuff you know get involved with your local musking chapter if you're into musky fishing you don't have to be involved but you know at least send them the money you know get the magazine check it out see what your local chapter is doing you might be able to have some you know obviously they'll take you if you want to get involved you know uh but uh there's just so much going on with those local chapters that uh, it's a passion for everybody. And I think everybody that fishes for muskie should be a muskie Inc. member. There's just no, no two ways about it. Excellent. All right. So leading up to the opener of Chautauqua, we did a couple, yeah, I'd say a couple times we talked about predictions and, you know, this winter, how do we think it's going to affect? And the early success that was happening in Pennsylvania, do you think that that's indicator this and that? So how do you think it all played out for what would be, I wouldn't say, the opening five days? Yeah, the opening few days here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's as uh, normal. I, I, I mean, it, it average. It's an average opener. Uh I would say uh, maybe as far as even the catching, maybe even below average from what I've talked to the people I've talked to, but uh, lots of fish were seen in the weeds. The guys casting saw lots of fish. It just seemed like there was a lot of, uh, uh, I didn't get to cast much the first few days. It was so windy too up here that, you know, you got to have the right people in the boat to cast with. 
And, uh, but you know, I just hear stories. A lot of people were seeing fish, meaning like you're drifting through the weeds and they're like, Oh, look there, there's a four footer laying here. <laughs> no, no, no interest in the bait. You just drift over them. Water is crystal clear. Weed growth is normal as ever up here. They did not do any spraying yet. And hopefully because of this ordeal, they're not going to do any spraying. I guess there was something temporarily plated to, to, to do some spraying here, like in mid June, but I don't know, you know, with, with what's going on in New York, I can't fathom that these local, uh, uh, like municipalities that were, that were giving money so they could spray the lake at this rate, at this day, you know, with, with what's going on in today's age or, you know, with, 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 uh, all this stuff, I can't fathom them, uh, saying yeah we're just going to give the you know fifty thousand dollars from the budget to spray some weeds you know there's a lot of other places they could put that money right now to help the local economy and stuff so is do you know that or is that what you're hoping that's what i'm hoping okay hoping i haven't heard i usually i get emails all the time about this and it's been very quiet like the last thing i heard was yeah temporarily they're gonna they had you know they've delayed the spraying and usually there's like fights going on between this group and that group or this township, that township or community, you know, however they are up here in New York. But uh, I've got nothing lately. You know, nothing probably means that I have a feeling they're probably not going to do it. So uh, just a guess on my part, which is that's fine with me. Yeah. But uh, now the spots that they sprayed last year, what mm-hmm. do they look like this year? They look the same as they did the year before that they didn't spray <laughs> the, the, the year prior. Yeah. So they're yeah. right back. It to being exactly weeds. Oh, it looks exactly the same. Okay. Now I can't tell because I, you know, I, we did, I, I've done a couple of different articles and, uh, you know, for muskies, uh, or, you know, for muskie hunter about pond weed, I did one back in 2014, did another one. Now that's kind of what we're looking for. And this pond weed grows and it's going to die at the end of June anyhow. So essentially a lot of the places they sprayed, they were killing something that wasn't going to be there here in a few weeks anyhow. However, there is milfoil that grows up in there. And, you know, a lot of times that pond weed will die out, die out and that milfoil will take, you know, will start taking hold. When they sprayed last year, it killed both. Uh, milfoil also is considered an invasive species. But, you know, that's the part that that's why I have a hard time talking to the, the, the people, the, you know, the scientific people like, well, that's invasive. Well, Milfoil is not, to me, milfoil is not invasive anymore. That's what we got. Most lakes, you know, all the way up through Canada where I fish. I mean, that is the weed now. And the fish love it. It's thick. It's matted. It sucks to try to fish. But, if, you know, you fish the edges of it. And uh, I haven't seen a whole bunch of milfoil. But we've been, we've been, you know, the casting I've done when I've got to do it, we've been playing around in that pond weed. So, you know unless it like killed the milfoil and the milfoil doesn't come back, you know, we should have a good year for nice weed growth. Uh, yeah. Lots so of stuff floating on the water. When yeah. You're trolling, the, I can tell you that there's a, there's a couple things that, you know, I, I've seen a lot of discussions on recently is, uh, the, the difference between non-native and invasive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess invasive is a more severe, uh, mm-hmm. with, is it causing harm to the environment? Is it taking over? Is it choking out other things versus non-native, uh, essentially a rainbow trout? Yeah. That's not native, yeah. like mm-hmm. anywhere, except like a small p- 
part of the Rockies or something like that. I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, something yeah, small. Yeah. But it doesn't generally cause problems for, for other native species generally. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's almost like that pondweed was just going it, to, it's almost like an, like an annual. It's, it's there. It's going to die. Whether you kill it or not, it's still going to come back next year. The roots were never affected. Mm-hmm. Are you theorizing that this milfoil doesn't look like anything's trying to come up? Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a little bit floating around. We, we've hooked some a couple times when we were casting when I was up in the northern northern basin, uh, southern basin. Th- th- there's some years it, it doesn't. You know, what happened last year after they sprayed? There are many years that that's exactly the same thing that happens when they don't spray. The stuff dies out, and the pond weed dies off and you still can't find weeds. It just, it like stutters a year. Yeah. I mean, some years is like that, you know, I, that I struggle for, you know, a few years ago, we found a great big patch of milfoil on that South basin that we were fishing in, you know, September, October, November. And we were, I mean, when I could get in there and cast, we got fish every time I could get in there. And that was three, four seasons ago. Uh, there hasn't been any in there since, and they only sprayed last year. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of what they do is wasting, you know, it, it wastes a lot of money. Uh, some people are saying, oh, yeah, if you kill all that milfoil, then the other roots are down there, and that old, that nice, big, broadleaf cabbage is going to come back. And I have my, I have serious doubts that that's going to happen. Let's that play, hasn't been around for 20 years. You let's know? play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. What if that area that was sprayed that now has pond weed but no real signs of milfoil yet does mm-hmm. start to sprout cabbage? Is that mm-hmm. going to change your outlook on, hey, let's start doing more of this? Well, for sure. I mean, that stuff holds – that the fish – that holds fish, you know. That holds bait fish, and it holds holds the, the fish love it, you know. Uh, but amazing it's, it's my, better uh, to fish cabbage than milfoil. Oh, it's much more fun to fish cabbage than milfoil. <laughs> <laughs> much more fun. Yeah. Much more beautiful looking, you know. When you're fishing those big strands of cabbage, like, you know, the lake I'm talking about, Conneaut Lake, it's mm-hmm. like nice clear water in that early season. It's like, I mean, I'm expecting something to come flying out of that at any second mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's beautiful uh, that's what Chautauqua used to be like you know when I was a kid I can remember weaving your uh spinner bait you know through all the big leaves of cabbage and you pull it through there and do all that stuff and yeah not many places you get to do that here anymore <laughs> a couple little places but uh the milfoil has just choked it out and it's so it's so prevalent everywhere now that you know. Now, budgetary wise, you know, like like you were saying, like at at some point, it almost does seem like if if there's on and off years, which let's just say there might be three or four on years before you have an off year for that uh, milfoil, it just it could just literally be wasting money. Oh yes, they did it a few years back when we Vance and I always talk about the pot. I. He knows the year. It was before he started guiding. It was, uh, I think it was when he had his first boat. Okay. Uh, 165. Yeah, we we were doing the podcast. It was when we started the podcast. 2015. 
to 15. Yeah, so, so that's when that year, I mean, I don't, I, I no, no one knows what happened. No one can explain it. The, the, I mean, the amount of weeds that grew in this lake, I mean, we still had the pond weed growth early. And then after that, you know, I fished areas up in Mayville that I had never fished before because it was weed choked out half mile offshore. And I was up fishing areas. I have icons on my old, uh, uh, units, you know, I'm, I, you, 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 you can't ever get in there. And that was one of the most incredible casting years we ever had there. I mean, the weeds just didn't grow. They didn't do any spraying back then. What made that happen? I don't know. You know, it was a harsh winter, but they always have harsh winters up there. No one can ever. And, you know, you, that the, they were paying the, the, the kids that run the weed machines, the, you know, the weed eating machines, they have like these conveyor belt things and a sickle bar in front and they harvest weeds on this lake. There's, there's two or three of them running the South, two or three of them running the North. And, uh, I used to launch at the one launch and I was like, so what are you guys doing all day? He's like, yeah, we just drive around, you know, they, they couldn't find anything to harvest. Mm-hmm. Now, and I've been coming here a long time and I never did ever, ever see anything like that, but nature did it that year. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there were some weeds grew and there was some cabbage areas and it was such a fun year because as you'd be casting down the shoreline or something, I'd say, okay, guys get ready. You know, there's, really nice weed bed you know coming up right here and you know it, you, you you look like a a musky god because you're like you know get ready anytime and they throw the bait out and within the next couple casts one follows or one hits and it's it was just and it happened all season long it was an incredible year for us mm-hmm. but uh i never saw anything like it before uh, it would have been a horrible year had you not find those weed beds mm-hmm yeah, because the trolling bite was not real great, uh, but the, those the the fish just uh, man, the fish just it, every single day, you know, new fish moving into you, you. So you take a lake like this that has thousands of acres of weeds, now you have a hundred acres of weeds spread out through the whole lake, and the fish just like <laughs> it was like magnets to some of these fish. You know, they would just move in there every every night or whatever during the day <laughs> you just Something. do it whenever yeah whatever and new ones just came in you go catch them today then you go catch them tomorrow then you go catch them the next day in these same weed spots so that was a great year but yeah i mean the season started out normal you know typical you know the fish were spread out it, it was extremely windy i had people on opening weekend that weren't you know you know, weren't able to stand and cast in, in the amount of wind we had. So I, I've done more trolling this first five days than I usually do. There's sometimes I don't even get trolling gear out for the first couple of weeks, but I've, I have, I've had to this year. And, you know, it's kind of typical catch a fish here, catch a fish a couple miles from there, a couple miles away, you know, and, uh, you know, just roaming around. And it just seems like it's just, you know, a lot of randomness going on. A lot of guys have been fishing the same area and, I don't think it's because there's a ton of fish there. We, you know, guys have been catching them there, but we we had really big winds, and there's a lot of floating debris. You know, it's all getting churned up with those big winds, and there are just areas of the lake that if you are trying to troll, I mean, you start going through there, and you know, the patch, the weed patches are it's unfishable. <laughs> you can't you can't not get through, uh, even with your rods in the water. All you're doing is clearing rod, weeds, so. Everyone's sort of tucked in some of the same areas, trying to stay out of the wind, you know, sort of on the western shore. And uh, uh, 
like I said, the wind had a lot to do with that. It has but, been what I felt was unseasonably windy these past, you know, week or so. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just... It was, I mean, it was windy. <laughs> no doubt. Windy enough that when you're with clients and you're cutting across the lake, you know, after you cut across a couple of times, you don't catch fish and everyone's getting pummeled with spray because there's, a, you know, because you're cutting across a, a, a three foot wave, you know, uh, okay, I think they've had enough of that, you know, let's go somewhere and tuck in where we're not dealing with all this wind. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I see happening. But then today, finally, we had today, supposed, you know, it then it went dead flat calm this morning, you know, so. Yes, it yeah. did. Yep, yep. We've been getting, you know, we've been getting fish, heard of some, heard of a, uh, I heard and heard and saw pictures of a 51 and of a 48 caught. Uh, Vance and I each got 47 inches yesterday. That's been the biggest ones that we've, that I've you know seen or heard of myself. I'm sure there was others, but you get a lot of feedback when you look through Facebook and when you're guiding, a lot of people send you pictures, a lot of nice 45 inch fish to kind of typical for this lake. I don't know that they ever grow. I think they stay that size because you always get a lot of nice 45 inch fish. Mm -hmm. Both Vance and I have caught numerous already this season. Uh, I don't think Vance has casted as much. He casted a good bit the opening day. I know they had a good day. Uh, they caught a, a one or two decent fish, but you know, a lot of small ones. Everybody's seeing and everyone's seeing fish. Like I said, a lot of slow, slow, low follows. You know, it got calm and sunny today. There was a lot of days when I was casting. There was no good visibility into the water. <clears throat> it got it got calm and real. Uh, nice to see in this crystal clear water. Like crystal clear meaning like when you're out at the weed edge at like 12, 13 feet, if it calms down and the sun comes out, you can see the zebra mussels on the bottom. I mean, it's like fishing in. I had a fellow, I know he listened to the podcast and uh, that's how he met us. And he's, you know, as we were casting, he's like, this is like fishing in the ocean right now. You know I mean? It's like crystal clear. Uh, it's not going to stay that way for long, but that's what the lake looks like right now. So these overcast days are a little bit better. A lot of times the fish aren't real. Uh, I mean, you can look down and see, well, today we saw 20 walleyes in that half hour. That, that And, and uh, you know, some of them followed, uh, but they would, like, come up uh, come up off the bottom and, like, look at the bait and then turn and go back down. I was like, I just saw three right there. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. and, there's, and then... As you drift over, you can look down. You can see that little white tail. So Neat. I think you know. Obviously, that that you know, I think it's going to get better here. We get a little bit more. Uh, start getting a little color to the water, and the water's warm up a little bit. What's the water temp now? Yeah, we've been getting a lot. When it, opening morning there, you know, because we had a really warm week last week. I was seeing like sixty eight, sixty nine. It dropped up back down to like sixty two. It was 64 today, stuff like that. You know, low 60s. Because uh, it got chilly. I mean, oh, we it got real long, cold. Yeah, we were wearing long johns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I had gloves on when I was trying to troll on Saturday or Sunday morning, I would have had them on. Believe me. Fossil cap, long johns. It was, I think it was 39 in the morning. The wind was blowing. It was like a nice fall day. It was. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Nice. Do you have any uh, stories that stood out? Oh, geez. You know, we got some nice fish. Uh, 
had a really neat, uh, well, we, well, yesterday, <laughs> uh, so we had the St. Croix guy or St. Croix rod guy on last week. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think we've ever mentioned this. So I sold about three or four of my rods and delivered some of them at the Muskie Max. I usually reorder my poles after the Muskie Max. And, uh, well, we came back and I sent in to the people we talked to for being on the guide program there. And, you know, it was just a, a sort of a generic email came back a couple times. No one to get a hold of because they sort of, they basically shut down. Uh, so I was sort of down some rods. So I had to grab some stuff that was laying around. I mean, I'll, I'll obviously have some older rods around and I still have these. I had one of these old 610 All-Stars. That Andy's made fun of you when I first met Andy 10 years ago, I made fun of these rods and mm-hmm. th- these are the two that I was running in my down rod. Uh, well, I still had one left and, uh, so I put it back into the rotation. So I have the same guy last year. I didn't use it. That was the first year I didn't because we got the new troll and St. Croix rods. Uh, I got them last season and, uh, so I took that other rotation just sitting there as a backup. Had to, had to put it back in the rotation this year. So I have the same guy from the fall of, uh, would have been the you know, fall of 18 that a, a fish hit a, 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 you know, a real nice fish hit. And I went over to tip the rod up. It was in the down rod position. When I grabbed the handle, the rod and pushed down on it, the handle snapped behind the reel. I didn't realize it, but like when I pushed down, it did I hand him the rod. He's like, the rod's broke. And I'm, I'm standing there reeling in other rods and I'm looking at the end of the tip of the rod and looking at the rod. I'm like, Patrick, the, the rod's fine, man. And then I look down and the hand, he's holding it on. It looks like a fly rod. He's holding onto it in the foregrip. And the, but the, the butt end of it is at a 45 degree angle. I was like, oh, I, now I see what you're talking about. But anyhow, we got that fish. That, was, fish the, that were, was the one of your two all-stars. It was the one of the two left. It would have been running in the down rod position. I mean, each of them have 500 plus fish on them, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that my daughter's big fish, that world record thing we got years ago with that little girl. Those were my two down rods. So I had the one left and uh, put it into rotation. Patrick comes fishing yesterday. The same guy. Same guy. A year and a half later, same guy. That rod's in there. We actually talked about it earlier in the day. I said, uh, yeah, I got that rod in. That's the last one. I'm into some backup stuff right now because I'm waiting on my new St. Croix that should be showing up any day at my house. And uh, we, we cast it in the morning. He likes to cast. We cast it all morning. And in the last couple hours, we decided to troll. Long story short, riding some giant waves. I was out doing some open water, short line trolling. And uh, that, that, that rod, the, the all-star rod, the line just started, you know, it started peeling like crazy. It was an insane hit, you know, and I said, mm-hmm. Patrick, that's a big fish. I was going with the waves. So I run over, tip the rod, hand it to him. I start reeling. And he's like, oh, shit, the rod broke. <laughs> and I'm, I, I turn over and look at him. Same thing. I'm looking. I was like, what do you mean the rod's broke? And this time the handle's kind of sticking straight, but he's holding onto the foregrip. This one snapped between above the reel right above the reel okay and it broke off and now this is nothing against those rods believe me i love those rods 
nothing against St. Croix either, but you know, if all stars were still making those rods like they were doing 20 years ago, they've been out of business. They got bought out, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, I would never have anything bad to say about those rods. I mean, you're talking about a rod that was used and abused sitting in those down Easts for many, many, many years, tipped up and down, grabbing that handle, pushing it down since we've been making the rod holder, you know, dozens of times a day. And uh, so anyhow, long story, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> now he's holding, he's trying to hold the foregrip. I'm trying to clean some rods first. And at times I was like, you know, trying to help him hold the root rod. It wasn't departed, but it was snapped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he's trying to reel and the reel's moving around and I'm helping him hold the rod and big waves. We had to fish on for quite a while cause it wasn't real smooth, but, uh, we got it in, got her in the net. And, uh, <laughs> so now what do you do with the rod? Uh, well, Vance wants it for his, uh, he wants me to put it in his will cause he wants to put it on display. Your uh, will. I don't know. Yeah, in my will. He so so there was a discussion <laughs> already about who's claiming ownership of the broken rod. Of a, of a busted rod. I was going to throw it in the dumpster. Uh, but instead but, you're willing it to him. <laughs> I'm going to probably hang it in camp. I mean, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of memories there. Because that, that's back when we were doing the PMTT. All-Star was a sponsor. And we found they made this nine-foot trolling rod uh or, well a nine foot casting rod before anybody else did mm-hmm. and it was insane when we got them we we liked them for trolling for the side rods and uh no one was doing it back then mm-hmm. and then they got bought out by shakespeare all-star folded because they got bought out by shakespeare they dropped that whole line of all the big game stuff and they added it into the you know berkeley shakespeare or whoever you know that whole pure fishing pure fishing and they and they kept the bass rods that was it they got rid of all that uh inshore series and you know down that that, that that business was stationed out of texas so they had a lot of like uh, you know surf ocean rods and that's kind of the stuff ours were called the inshore series the ones we were getting and i know a lot of guys still have them that, that you know they were great rods this was just a shorter one that we were using on those down rods and you know, a short little casting, uh, you know, for uh, 610 jerkbait rod. But, uh, yep, they it's got bought out. They dropped it all, and they just made bass rods, the same thing as they already had umpteen millions of, you know, ugly sticks. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just odd that they dropped that whole line. But that's what happened. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, so now I have another thing to hang on the wall, I guess, or throw it in the corner. <laughs> yep. And will it advance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he cut. He cut some of his first trolling muskies on that rod. I'm, I'll guarantee it. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I got any on those. Well, the the, the one time you we got in a pretty good troll. Most of the times when we went, I don't know if you even reeled them in because you had somebody with you every time. Well, the the one time we went, remember I, I we got one. Oh yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, cuckoo the lure. And I thought, I'm like, this is musky weather. And then you look at me, you're like, I don't do well in this. And it was just like the classic (laughs) article that's just like high winds, spitting rain, low clouds. And I'm like, yep, Mm -hmm. this is when they hit. And you're just like, I don't do good here. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't. I I remember, I remember we also fished the 
the opener one year. Remember, and I was reeling. Yes, I remember. I was that. reeling that. It, those would have been on down rods. I was reeling that silver fat body in, and I had it almost to the boat. And I was like, Andy, I got one. And then we shortened lines, and I know we caught some fish. Uh, after we shortened the lines, so you you, you probably did real one in on that. <laughs> yeah, I might have. But yeah, that one like hit with the leader out. You were just checking yeah, it. Was it. That was like where you showed me. Mm-hmm. You're like, don't take it out of the holder. Just reel in. Yeah. And it hit. As the leader, I was getting ready to take it out of the holder. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny. But. Well, I mean, uh, something else. I guess we'll, we'll talk about this little Facebook post um, that I did this past, whatever, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. Um, something that we've been playing on, playing with, and I, I guess I kind of feel like it, it deserves more than just a minute of me rambling, holding an iPhone one handed, trying to show off, uh, something that we've done is earlier in the show, we talked about that, that updated down East that, you know, is not really going to be celebrated or talked about much, uh, other than from what we do, but I'm going to probably say more than a couple years ago we we kind of started talking about can we make one of those clamshells out of uh, solid aluminum? Well, I, I dinked and dunked around a little bit and kind of got something to where we wanted, but we never really acted upon it. And the rod holders, you know, kept us busy. Project X kept us busy. And, you know, it it takes machine time. It, it takes time yeah. to have a machine open and to to do this stuff and it never really seemed fitting and you know so it was there it just never collected mm-hmm. a lot of dust i should and say I, it, and i think also you know, you know price point is a big thing do you put a bunch of money and effort into this on our end oh yeah can you can you What's get a return out of cost it the, yeah are we going to be able to get a return can you do it absolutely you could make one out of solid gold and sell it for $5,000 if somebody wants one. <laughs> it would be a little bit soft, but you know, you know, that, that, that yeah. was the biggest thing that we were sticking on. Uh, you know, your, your, your shop time. And is it worth yeah. the investment on our end? And this kind of ties in two other things that I brought up earlier on the show is that mm-hmm. uh, musky fishing has changed mm-hmm. from, from, you know, even just, you know, I don't even remember when we started this. It was over two years ago, but um, that thing has changed, and this whole uh, COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Our our shop got slow enough to where we had some machine time open up, and I made it you know a bunch of inventory and stuff like that, and I just was like, let's actually like refine this. To try, yeah. To to, to kind of make it, and, you know, it just seems to be that's where people, whether you need it or not, sometimes you just want the nicest thing out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we kind of started tinkering around with that a little bit more, and we got it tweaked, and I I was happy where, where it's at. And you don't have them yet, but Vance has mm-hmm. been playing with them a little bit and giving feedback and, and this and that. But, you know, we're we're pretty satisfied with where it's at. But more or less, it's that clamshell we talked about, and it's machined out of, you know, each half is one piece, and it should be good to go for a very long time. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to do to fishing rods. That's one mm-hmm. of those things. It's just like, 
man, when you when you start improving the weakest link, the only thing you're yeah. doing is finding the next <laughs> making weakest a link. next weakest link. Yeah, and th- that for sure, the only thing that's yeah. going to start solving this is going to be, well, here's a uh, three quarter inch diameter piece <laughs> of steel as your rod. Yeah, 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 and you know so, but I mean it, it's if you're worried about the rod holder, yeah. We, we got one here and, you know, wouldn't you know it? Like once we got it to where we're happy with it and we have our, our few for ourselves, we got cut loose on a couple, three really big jobs that are going to take up some time and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I kind of said, we're taking reservations right now. And like I said earlier, it, most people are not going to need it, but it's just some other little cool piece talking point and this and that, that, that we have, but. They're beautiful. They're, you know, the clamshells are two pieces plus, you know, a fastener to hold them together. So you could technically say they're three, but they're each half is a solid, solid piece of aluminum. And it is, uh, it's fancy. It's nice. (laughs) I'm probably not going to have them on my boat just because for the obvious jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it is, it is something you know, some of these bigger, you know, we've had a lot from that post, a lot of people put in their reservations. And the reservation is I'm not going to hold anyone to it. Uh, but I just kind of need to know if I'm going to get machine time, am I going to be making 25 of these or am I going to make 250 of them? Mm-hmm. I just need mm-hmm. to kind of get a bearing on this so I can just schedule things accordingly. And so far, I mean, a lot of people have been, uh, when open arms, you know, they're like, Finally, something, you know, this and that. And it's not usually the guy that's like, hey, I just started musky fishing. What do I need? I yeah. need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, and you're always going to get that. You know, people are like, I don't have any problems. And it's the same as we talk about all the time. I have no problem with my, you know, at wood plastic one. Yes, the, you, you, I, you can do that. Yeah, and you you can't do it a hundred days a year. How much do you fish? You know what rods are you running? You know, I can't do it the way I fish. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah. You might be able to get away with it if you troll at lunch for two hours, once every third weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you're trolling with your casting reel. You know, yeah, you're it... using a big pen or a big convector or whatever you're using, and you're cranking them in while you're doing it. And you're going to put some time in on it. It. I tell everybody, it's it's you know it's it, it's not if it's going to happen, it's when mm-hmm. <laughs> that thing that shaft is going to snap because it is. Yeah, and, and and this this is the funny thing, and I know we talk about this quite a bit, but like if if this is the first time anyone heard myself and you talk, mm-hmm. and I let's just say I went fishing one time. And I was able to tell a long, elaborate story and kind of do some references of years past and what have you. And then you go and tell a story that might not be as elaborate or whatever. They might, a person that doesn't know might say, well, that Andy, he knows what he's doing. You hear these stories and all this and fancy. And then you could just be all quiet as a church mouse. And they're like, yeah, he he kind of goes on occasion. But meanwhile, you probably outfish me somewhere 50 to 75 days to one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things. It's like, take a look in the mirror and like, really be honest with yourself. Is this something that's going to benefit you? Mm-hmm. And sometimes 
it does it it doesn't always have to be justified by how often you're going to use it it's how you feel about it how you feel about it or and or how do you fish even if you take your one trip to canada a year but you take that in november and you're pulling enormous baits it might be the that this upgrade might be something you're you're going to think about oh <laughs> yeah because uh, uh, <laughs> gear that failed could ruin your one week to fish yeah 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 but it, it's yeah it's just it's one of those things it's like okay we have it here um it's it's neat it's a talking point it's an option but you know it was just I thought it would be good to at least explain this is something that we've been tinkering with for a long mm-hmm. time and just just didn't show that, you know, we didn't have the time to throw the resources at it. Now now that we do and we got it and we got a nice little uh system down to make these, you know, we're gonna start yeah. screwing around with that stuff. I, I you know, and, and I'm gonna say something, part of me doesn't even maybe want to say it, but do you remember, Andy, how many – so for Vance and I last year, just in one season of trolling. Now, Vance – between Vance and I, you're talking about 300 days in the water. Uh, how, do you remember how many rebuild kits you handed me at the beginning of the season because of those fins? I'm going to probably say – I don't know the exact number, but I'm going to say at least a half a dozen. That's what I – I think it was six. Six. So between two boats – Mm-hmm. You know, and something something that other people like might not even understand is if you guys crash into like those Vance showstoppers, that yeah. is a huge amount of stress. It's 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 more than a fish dry. <laughs> it's oh, because some a... of those things are like they if you <laughs> yeah. pulled them out and yeah. dried them off, you got four hundred pounds of weeds yeah. <laughs> dried off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it to where I've seen muskies lay underneath those things. That it's structured mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you you guys went through about you know a half a dozen, but yeah, I mean, I think I think I think I grabbed six and we used them all by the end of the year. I mean, I at one point uh, last fall October there, I was trolling and I could tell the one was bent a little bit and uh, I had it, had it in the side rod and we were tr- I was trolling down past this little point and th- something flew like something. You heard this crack. Something flew over and smashed off the back side of my boat, like right behind me. I spun my head around and looked. Then the rod took off. And it was like, I, I never lost a rod because of it. it was still in the unit, but it was like turned. It was facing straight back at this point, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much, you know, because it like spun it when it snapped it. But, and I still, still didn't register what happened. I dive across the boat, grab the rod. They reeled in. We got a beautiful 49 incher. And then, Afterwards, when I was getting ready to set the rods, I was like, "That's what almost hit me in the head. <laughs> That's what flew up against the side of the boat, and I found I found the piece. It was one of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Usually, honestly, it probably happens more with weeds up here, but that we went, we used all of them. I didn't, I didn't have a rebuild kit at the end of the year. Now, some of the ones we were rebuilding, I might have had that because i was on my originals too how long have we had these now andy Maybe oh my five or five or six years at least no more than yeah I I, i'd say over. at least yeah. six six i changed the boat over yeah i mean it was when same time we did project x so uh yeah so at least six years and some of those might have been the original ones i might have got away with using them for years but you got to remember that's me averaging 100 125 days a year 
not all trolling, but you know, take that times five, let's say half of it was trolling or more than half, you know, uh, that's a lot of days in the water. That's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of eight you're, you're talking like the bait. Yeah. a thousand plus hours, yeah. which yeah. could be, if it was an original, it could see six to 10,000 hours of use. Yeah, because you would take those same rod holders (laughs) to Canada when you'd go for a week at a time. Yeah, yes, even when I went fishing on my own. Yeah, huge amounts of time, but it's. it's, I'm not saying it's probably nothing that the the average fisherman is ever worried about or thinking about, and probably why you get some of the questions we get, like, "Why would you do this?" Well, well, and then but you have other people out there that do fish a lot, and they're like, "Oh my gosh." Finally, you know, so there's different extremes to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we see that in the comment sections and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, what, what, when uh, are we done rod holdering now? Are we, well, no, I mean, we, yeah. we, we can be it. Yeah. Don't matter no, to me. I was just wondering. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to hop on something else, let's do it. Mm-mm. Okay. No, I just, I, I just thought, I just thought of something there about the lake if we're done, but the, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I was going to say, like, the other thing that that's going on is, like, it's just been in the last, let's just say, six years, where these down east are being tipped very hard, mm-hmm. because that adds stress to that front that front uh, claw. If you yes. think of like a regular down east that's wing nutted and they and they don't, you know, they have that ratchet system, it's just right there. How many times? Absolutely. Our rod holder is probably much harder on that claw than any other rod holder. Yes, because my, we are adding. My, mine, yes, mine doesn't bend out. When I see it starting to bend, it's starting to bend up. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's my down rod, the one that I go over, and whether there's a fish on there, I'm checking it, and I'm just grabbing the handle and pushing down. It's lifting up. That that that's That's what's... Uh, happening to mine I, I i first i start seeing coming up and i did take a hammer and like pound one down one time to see how that worked <laughs> yeah and and that's and that you know that was never really in the mm-hmm. original design was mm-hmm. hey i think we're gonna be we, we might have caused half this problem with the <laughs> tens the of thousands <laughs> of cycles mm-hmm. of you know some guy that's coming in and and making this system to where these are not so not designed to do this but yeah, the original. How how old is that company? I want to think it's 60s? in the late fifties, early sixties. Late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, could have never imagined. And here's something else. Like I, I've heard people, uh, you know, I've I, I've seen some comments and stuff. You know, I, I see stuff like, oh, uh, patent infringement and this and that. When you do something like this, I think it's important for everybody to know that Andy. I mean, it sort of has a working relationship with these guys. You just heard him tell the story. Like, they, they refine some things, and, that, you know, we're not doing anything like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I called he's up given Steve. Us, yeah, he's given us the green light to say, go for it, dudes, you know. Yeah. I think we've probably bought more in the last few years than the biggest retailer I, they've ever than had. Than the biggest retailer they've ever had just in buying the clamshell and the, the base cup. Uh, so there's, there's no patent infringement. There's nothing. We have a green light from him and blessings. And let's just say this much. If working any, relationship, if anybody had any questions, I approached him from the get go, Steve mm-hmm. told him exactly what I wanted to do. 
and just to see where it end up. And he goes, yeah, I'll make you a dealer. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. from there, like when we started talking about the aluminum one, I called him up again and I told him, he goes, cool, go for it. Exactly. It's one of those things. It's not like we're doing anything sneaky. I have a very good relationship mm-hmm. with Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say like once or twice he's called me, but you know, I call him, we email back and forth. Things are good mm-hmm. and it's, it's very mutually beneficial. So the musky industry is probably going to be the only one, unless people are using this in, you know, the ocean industry may, uh, you know, if guys are using it in the ocean, they, they may be interested, but the average guy that's going to the bait shop to buy a bounty's rod holder is not going to be interested in adding a, an insert at the cost that the insert's going to be. Or even the tipping. What are they going to yeah, do? Yeah, the tipping. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why it probably isn't a big deal to him because it's like, go ahead, do it, whatever. I'm still making clamps and making <laughs> single ones and, you know, to clamp onto pontoons and, it could just literally be a bonus for him. Yeah. Yeah. But I do remember you telling one time when we were, were discussing what, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. And I remember you saying, he's like, I'll, I'll send you those all day long. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's the same thing. It's just, there's some pieces I don't make. <laughs> I'll just make extra of these for you guys. You know, it's the same thing. He's making the same amount. So I think that's important for people to realize that. Yes. Uh, it's not just something we did behind Some the scenes and sneaky. sneaky yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. We're going to take over. Mm-hmm. No, we are definitely not going to take over. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But good stuff. Do you remember what, what you had pop in your head or do you want to wrap oh, it up? Here, you know, here's one, one quick thing. So we did have a very mild winter up here in, on New York and this time of year, beginning of musky season, uh, usually, there's always talk like, oh, my gosh, I saw like today we were trolling. I saw six dead muskies or something, you know, but a lot of these are, are winter kills, you know, because they're like they're not only dead. They're like decaying dead. This is an odd year. I just spent five days on the water covering a lot of water, too, because it wasn't just I did a lot more trolling. Mm-hmm. Still, I, I did not see one of those. I did not see one of those. Now, what you're calling winter kill, I have to ask, mishandled accidental catches through the ice? No, I don't think so. I think it's, uh, you know, whatever, when the ice goes out, something happens to those fish or, or uh, you know, spawn, fatality. I, I don't know. But usually you see every year, I can never remember a year that I didn't spend as much time trolling this, that I didn't at least see a half a dozen not that it really matters in Chautauqua because there's tens of thousands of them in there. But to some people, it's a big deal. Oh, my gosh, I saw like three dead muskies today. That I, and I've traveled the lake more than ever because I'm trolling. And I have yet to see one. A couple carp, a lot of bullheads. That's normal. But uh, have not seen a floater, like a decayed floating muskie. Uh, just an odd tidbit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's... That's definitely interesting. interesting. Yep. It was a very mild winter, so. Yeah, I wasn't sure if because of, like, the lack of good ice for a long time that there weren't as and, many. And you know what? You could you could be you could be right there. Those could be fish that, were, that might be what's part of the winter kill. There's usually hundreds and hundreds of people out there walleye fishing, and they catch a lot of muskies through the ice. 
And it's not that they're trying to kill him. It's just no, stuff happens. Didn't happen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just might be something to uh, could be at least th- at least to think about, chew on it yeah. for a bit. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you uh, satisfied with this week's I'm show? I'm good. You're good. I'm good. All right. Well, uh, with that, we'll wrap this up with big thanks to Fatty Z Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine, and Muskies Inc. I'm going to say I think most places are open. I think there's some stretches in Canada that are not. So if you're out there fishing, good luck and stay healthy.